to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. This is the final part in this three-part series with Adam Adams. Today, he will share with us the final pillar to creating meaningful relationships with investors by creating a thought leadership platform. Let's dive in. All right, so the third pillar is thought leadership platform. This can be a book that you wrote. This can be a Facebook group that you run. I know that's also in the social media realm, but being the host of a Facebook group is you're now a thought leader. Technically, like a meetup, if you're organizing a meetup, technically you're hitting birds with one stone. Podcasting is an awesome way to be a thought leader or YouTube channels or having a blog. What I like about podcasting is that there's only 1.5 million podcasts while there's, I think, 60 million YouTube channels and even more blogs. And so that's what I love about using this podcasting platform is because you don't have quite the same amount of competition or other podcasters taking away. Right now is a phenomenal time to get into podcasting, to be able to start growing a, a platform or write a book. But I love podcasting. So a couple of suggestions around the thought leadership. Well, I'll start by saying the value that you get from a thought leadership platform. The ultimate value, if you think about these books and blogs and YouTubes and everything that we're talking about, this is the best way for other people to talk about you when you're not in the room, to share your content when you're not in the room, because it allows them to send your podcast interview. Hey, check this out. Hey, did you hear this? Hey, did you read this? Hey, did you hear about that book? It's awesome. You want people to start talking about you when you're not even there. That's what's going to help grow your audience so fast. You wouldn't be able to do these things unless you had all three of them. So anyway, within the podcasting, some of the tips that I have go into marketing again, like when we were talking about meetups, when you launch a podcast, it's going to be very important that you market that podcast, that you let people know about it. One amazing thing that it can do is it can trigger algorithms within iTunes, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and all that. It can trigger some algorithms, which will allow the platform itself to start promoting you more. So you do you, and you promote it, and if you do it enough, it hits an algorithm that actually can propel you. So what questions do you have about launching a podcast, promoting a podcast, or editing a podcast, or any other thought leadership, I'd be happy to answer. So for the podcasting, what kind of suggestions would you provide for people who are just starting out, who are looking to launch at it? Like, are there any suggestions on how to make the, the launch the most successful they can be when they start out? If somebody wants to make a launch the most successful that it can be, I think there's three major things. The first one is that you need to understand who your avatar is. If you don't understand who your listener is going to be or who you want to do business with, it's going to be really difficult for you to add value to that person. You might be adding value in general, 
but you're not going to be able to attract the right person if you don't understand who they are. So you want to be able to identify if they have kids, what kind of job they have, what part of the country they live in, what they're worried about, what keeps them up at night. If you understand the avatar, that's step one of three to be able to have a good launch. Step two of three is to make sure that while that you keep that in mind whenever you're recording an episode, whenever you're creating your logo for the podcast, you want to have a logo that's attractive to your avatar. And a problem that I see people doing is they might just make a logo that they like, but it doesn't tend to attract people that they're trying to attract. And so it's really not working. They might be using the wrong colors that might be off-putting to their avatar. They might be using wrong fonts. That fonts that they like, maybe they're a young kid or something, and they're like, this is such a cool graffiti font. But they're thinking to themselves, who I want to attract is somebody with a ton of money or something. Not very often does a 60-year-old, wealthy, retired, passive investor look for a graffiti font. You know what I mean? So you want to use the right fonts, the right colors, the right name. And this is all really important. And the questions that you ask on the podcast... I believe need to be addressed, not for you, which is what most podcasters do. They want to learn a specific thing, but they're not really helping their avatar, if that makes any sense. So when you're launching a podcast, you want to make sure that the questions that you ask help the person that you want to attract. For instance, if I'll use your podcast today as an example, if your avatar, if your perfect avatar is somebody who wants to grow a podcast, then you're asking, then we have a great topic that's definitely going to help that one person, right? If your avatar is somebody who's a passive investor, then we should be asking more questions like, how do you underwrite a deal as a passive investor? Or what made you decide to invest in apartment syndications versus just the stock market? These are the types of things that the passive investors, they're going to be hooked on. They're going to want to know. They're going to be so glad at the end of that episode that they got that value. And so I think before this launch happens, we need to be very conscious of understanding our avatar and make sure we're adding tons of value to them, him or her. The last thing that I'll say that's going to benefit us when we're launching a podcast is the social proofing that I mentioned when we were talking about meetups and having a lot of people there. Why do you think, I'm going to propose a question, why do you think Amazon is so popular? Is it because we can buy things without even having to put on makeup or put on clothes? Is it because it's the convenience of being able to purchase things without having to drive somewhere? Or is it because of the social proofing that anytime we want to look at a new product, we can see what others have said about that product. I believe it's the third one. All of them are great. We want to buy things in our underwear. Yes, yes, yes. But also, isn't it so beneficial to be able to know that we're buying a product that has good reviews? And that's the same thing that I want to recommend as the third point for somebody who's launching a new podcast that they need to get that social proof. And the easiest way to get the social proof is from your own friends and your own family. And so you will call your friend, you will call your family, and you will say, I want you to listen to two episodes 
and give me an honest review. Never ask for a five-star review. Never. Want you to listen to two episodes and give me an honest review. Two simple steps. Listen to two episodes. Give me an honest review. By the way, every time they give you a review, it's going to be five stars anyway. You didn't <laughs> have to ask for it. But also, when they feel like they have to do a five-star, it doesn't come authentic. They don't feel right about it. So just ask for an honest review. From all of your friends, all of your family, this is one thing that we can do in order to be able to hit different algorithms in iTunes and Apple. Also, social proofing with our future listeners and current listeners. And if we want to monetize our show and have a sponsor deciding to put money to our show so that we don't have to come out of pocket to the show. So that social proofing is going to be critical. If you understand your avatar, you're making sure you're adding value and attracting your avatar with fonts and questions and content. Now, the only other thing we need is social proof, and you've got a recipe for a top podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Those are such great tips that we can apply for the podcast and everything like that. So thank you so much for sharing all those great advice. Thank you. And so I'd like to ask you, what is next for you now, Adam? What's next for me? I have two things going on. And well, I've got my kids and my sweetheart and my mountain biking. That's all going to happen. But business-wise, I do two things. I have a podcast company that we do launches, promotion of podcasts, and editing, back-end, back service, like all the post-production. So that company continues to grow. It's exciting. It's fun. I will never step away from that. I love podcasting too much. I want to be involved. So I've got a podcast on podcasting, and then I help other podcasters. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So that'll always, always, always happen. And then the other thing that will always happen is our investments. So for me, I'm a small part of a big company. My part is the marketing part. That's why I talk about marketing so much. My small part of this bigger company is getting us in front of past investors. And I've been doing a really great job for that. And a lot of people know who we are because we have a podcast about apartment investing. We put out lots of content. We host events around multifamily as well. So on that end, we have a few deals that we manage right now. I think four big deals, it's four syndications that we manage right now. And we will keep managing them until we sell them. And we'll keep buying more whenever we feel like we have a good deal that would work out for us and our past investors. Has to be a win-win for us and the passive, right? So we'll keep doing that. And my role in the company will keep being on the marketing and promotion side. And my partner, DJ, will keep being the asset manager with his assistant asset manager. And Manny will keep doing acquisitions. So these are the two things that's next for me is just growing both of those organically and slowly. I, I don't like to grow too fast, but just kind of slowly organically grow those two businesses because they're kind of my passion. And Adam, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Well, number one, COVID recently happened. And because of the real estate investments that I've done, because of what I've done over the last few years, since 2015, I've been able to manage my bills. Like any, all of the big expenses that come up, 
I've been able to manage them. And that, and that's just grateful because I wouldn't have been able to do that unless I had passive income, like residual regular income that was coming in. So there's that. And it's helped me to be able to connect with like through my podcast and through your podcast, it helps me connect with other real estate investors. I'm passionate about the subject. So it's been able to just have a lot of really good friends and connections through real estate. And other than that, I'll say that it changed my direction in college. Way back in the first episode, we talked about this. Within college, I made more in one year than I had ever made before. That changed me because I would have been a a teacher. I was going to college for music education. I did graduate with an education degree, but um, that's where I was planning on going. And because of that one shift selling that property for a 12,000% return allowed me to actually be able to change my whole trajectory. And now I do what I want when I want to do it. It's always my choice. I can spend time with my kids. I can make podcasts only happen on Thursdays or whatever I want. So it's kind of cool. And Adam, what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? One thing. It's going to be difficult to say one thing. I think there's a lot of things. But if I were to say the one that contributed most to my success is the fact that I never quit. So when I see people trying to get into real estate and they want it to be successful, they might do what I was doing in 2015 and they might just be trying lots of different things, wholesaling and mobile homes, all that kind of stuff. And they never really do anything long enough to get success. So I believe that it's persistence and determination that are going to allow us to have that success. We need to never quit. We need to understand that we're going to fall and that's not failure. I fell hard when I lost my first apartment community in 2011 and I decided to not go back for too long. That was my only failure. But since 2015, when I came back into it, I've lost incredible amounts of money. Recently on a deal, I lost, my team lost over $500,000. My team did. And the only reason why is because we wanted to make sure that our past investors didn't lose. So we took a big hit. I've been hit many, many times. But after these hits of half a million or any other amount, the reason that I believe that I am successful or having success is because I get up after I get knocked down. And I think that's difficult for most human beings to do that. When they get hit that hard, they never want to experience it again and they run and they go and do something besides what they truly want to do, which makes it so that they cannot ever be successful. So I would say persistence and determination. And what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? One thing that I wish I knew in the beginning was, I wish I understood, I guess I heard it, that you want to have that cash flow. But there have been times that I forget about that. And I think that having something that can do more capital gain is going to be a benefit. Anyone who's 
bought property and sold them, anyone wishes that they would have held on to the cash flow longer. And so that's the one thing that I think that I'm still trying to learn is I should, and we all should care more about passive residual income versus just the upside. If that's all we did, I think people would stop chasing so many shiny objects and having so many failures. All of my failures are from wanting to grow fast. That's when I grow. That's when I fail is when I like try to go too fast. Um, but when we do lots of small decisions that bring in enough cash flow, those are the times that that have benefited me the most. And I think also anyone else that comes on your show probably could say the same thing that they wish they kept that cash flow versus going for a big paycheck. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing all your background and all the valuable tips and learning about the three different pillars and social media, meetups, thought leadership. I know that there's a ton of valuable information there. I'm going to have to go listen to this a couple of times to, <laughs> to absorb everything. And so if our listeners wanted to learn more about you, Adam, where can they go? Um, how about they go to adamadams.net? That's an easy one. Adamadams.net. I'm trying to buy the .com. But I, I still don't own it yet. So adamadams.net. Awesome. Thank you so much, Adam. Really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.